Welcome to 7 Seconds or Less, a podcast about the NBA and the Phoenix Suns. My name is Max McCulley, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host. His name is David Nash. David, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good under the circumstances, Max, but we, uh, we're back pretty quickly this week, which is probably not a bad idea with the trade deadline approaching. But yeah, I say in the context because we're jumping straight on after the OKC loss, and we just can't catch a break with these recently. We seem to always record uh, directly after or during a Suns loss at the moment, Max. We really do. Yeah, we had two games this week only. It was a weird week. We had the amazing Dallas game, possibly the best game of the entire season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had the OKC game, which was an apocalypse, but not the greatest apocalypse of the season so far. David, <laughs> do you know what that was? Uh, I reckon it was probably Devin Booker being snubbed from the All-Star game, Max. What do you think? He was snubbed very hard, David. Are we, what do you think? Should we do a recap first? Do you want to dive right into Devin Booker's insane snub? Let's not bury the lead here before we jump into the recap. We can get to that uh, slightly after with some good news and some bad news with uh, matches this week, or games, I should say. But it's the big news of the week. Devin Booker was snubbed from the All-Star teams, and uh, I wanted to get your thoughts first and foremost on this one, I think, Max. Well, I do have thoughts, David. Uh, <laughs> I don't need to throw all the stats at our listeners. They've all seen how he measured up against, you know, the literal legends in traditional stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nerds among them have seen how he deserved to make the team based on, you know, Vorps, BPMs, Pipums, Bipums, Dorps, <laughs> all that shit. All the alphabet soup. Uh, you all watched Evan Booker play. You know what he is. You know how important he is to the Suns. But the people who are the controlling this discourse, I mean, they obviously aren't watching him play. They're relying on tropes like, you know, he needs to win first. But, you know, is Brandon Ingram winning? Uh, no, Booker had a better record than Brandon Ingram. Yep. Uh, Brandon Ingram's on national TV a lot, though. Uh, Trey Young, is he winning? Uh, nope. Not even close. One of the worst teams in the league. But uh, the NBA Twitter account seemed to enjoy spreading his highlights. He gets a lot of clicks. Uh, and this goes beyond the stupid All-Star game, David. You have Kyle Kuzma getting talked about, about like one of the best trade candidates by shows like First Take. Yep. Uh, Kyle Kuzma sucks, David. Uh, <laughs> but he plays for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, he'd be a goddamn afterthought if he played for the Phoenix Suns. And if Devin Booker played for the Los Angeles Lakers, he'd probably be starting the fucking All-Star game. So don't tell me it's about winning. It's not about winning, David. It's not about that because Booker's losing out to better players. This is, a, uh, this is about one thing, David. This is, the one thing is this. Devin Booker plays for the Phoenix Suns, David. Yep. That, that's really what it boils down to right now. And, you know, a lot of these conversations, you know, I was out on 
you know, Devin Booker debates on Twitter and things probably over 12 months ago because, you know, I essentially came to the conclusion that you just can't win these debates, at least in the heads of, of the people that you're talking to, because uh, it is the Phoenix Suns. And until the Phoenix Suns yep. are putting a 500 basketball team, whether that's got anything to do with Devin Booker or not, which, uh, hint, hint, guys, it doesn't at the moment. He was very, very deserving of an, of an all-star uh, nomination this year round, particularly with certain names out of consideration due to health and things. So, yeah, it, the goalposts changed. This is just the, the latest microcosm of it, I think, Max. We've seen it throughout Devin Booker's entire career. The goalposts shift as he breaks yep. them down. And, and as soon as uh, one theory is, is disproven, then uh, we've got another one to contend with. And it's just the, the latest... Uh, setback, I suppose, in in Devin Booker's career uh, and the Phoenix Suns overall, which for the most part, I don't give a shit about. I I would have watched the All-Star game this year if Devin Booker's in it. Maybe he still makes it as an injury replacement and I tune in, uh, but I don't really care about that. It's more when I see... Uh, you know, Devin Booker's reaction to it, really. I think it's one of the first times we've really seen him uh, disappointed um, with a result of something that we've all been hyperbolic about. Uh, in the past, we've kind of overreacted to certain things that probably weren't even on Devin Booker's radar. But uh, this one very much is. He was clearly upset about it. Uh, and, you know, what else more can you say about it, Max? It's It's just... You know, unfortunate. I made the case a couple of episodes ago, and I still think it's true to this day. You know, I don't think he wins out on the discussion, but I think it's a much more interesting debate talking about him versus Damian Lillard for the first guard spot uh, compared to him not making the All-Star game at all. So, you know, I, I'm pretty clear on this one. He should have been one of the first guys picked in the reserves, not uh, on the outside looking in, Max. No, I, I absolutely agree with you. It's it's really not about the game itself. Like, who cares about watching the All-Star game? It sucks. Mm -hmm. I think they're trying to change it this year. Maybe he'll make it better. Yeah. But the NBA All-Star game, more than any other sport, matters in terms of like what your label is as a player. Like, being called an NBA All-Star actually matters. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not to cite, you know, the late Kobe Bryant, but the fact that you can call him an 18-time NBA All-Star, like, it's a huge deal. It's a really important thing. And not, not, not that Booker was ever going to be an 18-time All-Star, but he could have been you know, above, you know, the 8 to 10 range of all-star games. And, you know, losing this one matters. I think that matters to somebody's career legacy. And it's just it's just unfortunate that it's come down to the point where it's, it's just so clearly political. And I think I think Mark Bartlestein put it the best. He's the agent for uh, uh, Bradley Beal, yep. who also had a ridiculous snub in the all-star game. He made just the, the eloquent and amazing point that, look, Bradley Beal did what many – superstar-ish players don't do. He stayed with his team that mm -hmm. was kind of not that good. Yep. And what is the reward he's gotten from the NBA coaches? The reward has been to be ignored for the All-Star game. It's like, what are, we, what are we trying to do here, NBA and NBA's partners? And I think what the answer we're getting very loud and resoundingly is this. It's that they want the super teams. They want the players to leave the teams like the Phoenix Suns and the Washington Wizards. They want Devin Booker to go to the Lakers or somewhere else like that. And of course they do for money reasons, but you would wish they would maybe not make it so transparent. But I don't know, David, at the end of the day, it just it leaves me very cold and uh, a little angry at the NBA right now, if uh, you can't tell from my tone. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure whether it was an official NBA account or somebody else today, but there was already, you know, some marketing around the All-Star game with all the duos 
in the All-Star game, which leads mm-hmm. very much to your point. And, you know, there's some questionable names on there over Devin Booker. You've got Donovan Mitchell making up a duo with Rudy Gobert. You've got uh, Russell Westbrook, just to name one more that got in over Devin Booker right now, making up a duo for Houston with James Harden. So they certainly like it this way. It's easier to market. You'd think they'd be all about sharing it a little bit more and marketing across the board, but uh, we're, we're missing something on that front, I guess, Max. But you know, I can't help but think the, the loss to OKC today, I think that makes us 11-22 and 22 versus Western Conference teams, which, you know, worth noting, I think we're much obviously better than that overall against the East, but the East coaches, because they theoretically don't see as much of the West players, don't actually decide on the West All-Stars. They only vote in their own conference. So maybe that overall record hurt Devin Booker a little bit, even though they are, you know, our overall record for the season is is much better than that. Uh, and, you know, I went straight to the, the Goran Dragic season where he missed out on All-Star uh, and made All-NBA third team, uh, which was very much on the back of the Suns finishing the year very well. Uh, if you actually, you know, Scott Howard uh, tweeted this at me, I believe, I hope I'm getting that credit right, but, uh, you know, his, his stats basically didn't change for the whole season, yet he was mm. not an all-star and, and snuck into the all-NBA third team. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I don't know, uh, did you see my response to Scott Howard on that one for the reason why, David? I did not. <laughs> it is because there are different people who vote on those different things. Uh, people who don't pay attention vote on the all-star game, that's the coaches. Mm-hmm. And people who actually do kind of pay a little bit of attention to the media does actually sort of try to look into this, and they voted for Dragic. Yeah, I think I just had way too much faith in the coaches this time around. I actually thought they'd be uh, a, a better resource to count on for Devin Booker versus, uh, you know, the broadcast teams and media members that vote for, uh, you know, a portion of the All-Star with the fan vote but and the players, but also, as you said, vote on those end-of-season awards. But, you know, we should probably get into the recap, which will, uh, you know, top things off here with Devin Booker uh, and the fact that if they don't pick up more wins, he's not going to get in those conversations going forward, I don't think, Max. No, I mean, obviously not. And listen, he doesn't deserve to be an All-NBA player if his team doesn't make the playoffs. I do think All-NBA is something that you should judge on the whole season, but you really can't hold being two and a half games out of the eighth seed against Devin Booker, especially when you're putting in you know, Trey Young as a starter and Brandon Ingram. Uh, on the team with you know a worse record, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense. And you know, the, the, those games missed, the, the games lost. Really, it's hard to pin that on Devin Booker. I mean, you know, DeAndre Ayton has been, I, I would argue, kind of a revelation this season. He's been up and down, but he's been much better than last season. But as many people have pointed out on Twitter, like that twenty-five game suspension has probably been the difference between Devin Booker making the All Star team and not making the All Star team. And when you when you consider that, you just got to look at what happened to be like, well, that's just wrong. As Devin Booker said when he was asked today, you know, how would you fix the process? He would say, well, maybe just put the best players in the game. (laughs) It's a pretty simple answer, isn't it, Max? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, the Phoenix Suns are 20-28 and after 48 games in the NBA, Max. And as we said, just the two games before we recorded this week, the great win over Dallas uh, at their place, 133-104. to uh, The man of the moment, Devin Booker, had 32-6-9-2 and, and was 12-20 of 20 from the field in that one. And the man you just mentioned, DeAndre Ayton, had 31-9-1-2-1 and, and went a very efficient 13-15 of 15 from the field. And we just watched... 
Uh, the Suns, I don't know if we could put it out, out, any other way, Max. They uh, capitulated against the OKC Thunder at home, 107 versus 111. Book had 27 and 5. Aiton had 16 and 6. And Kelly probably kept us in it and, and had us in the lead for a, a large portion of that fourth quarter with 27, 12, and 2, and was 4 and 8 from the three-point line, Max. But to round the recap out, as we always do, third in the division at the moment, two games ahead of Sacramento, 13 behind the Clippers, 11th in the conference, only one, I should say, half a game ahead of the New Orleans Pelicans now, and three and a half games back of that eighth spot. Uh, and sitting where we were last week, 20th in the NBA overall, sandwiched between Portland uh, and the New Orleans Pelicans. But... Shall we go straight to the leaderboard and, and maybe talk about these couple of games a, a little bit more through that lens before we move on to uh, our mock trade deadline, I should say, Max? Yeah, let's do that. We should point out that we are going to do a mock trade deadline. I'm not even sure we said that yet. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> that is what we're going to be doing. Uh, that is on, uh, what is it? I think it's Thursday in the United States, mm -hmm. Friday in Australia. Uh, so that'll be fun. Excited for the trade deadline. It seems like it might be a lukewarm this one uh, this year, but, you know, it's always fun to get excited for those trades at 3 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. But, yeah, let's do the leaderboard. Because, David, one of these two games, the Suns actually won by a lot of points. <laughs> they did. <laughs> against Dallas. And that was fun. So we should uh, enjoy that. I, I, so it's actually funny, David. I haven't looked at this again. I, I started my leaderboard before halftime of the OKC game, and, Things change a little bit, so yep. I have to like kind of go on the fly here. But I'm just gonna like, first of all, Devin Booker deserves the five star anyway. But also, just as a fu to everybody, I mean, I'm giving him the five star, David. Yep, and I'm giving him the five star too. Clearly, the best player in both games uh, and big in the win. And we're just doing the Dallas and OKC games to remind the listeners when they send their votes in. So uh, no arguments from me. And we've talked a lot about Devin Booker already. So I will throw to you for your four votes. Next one's tough. It really is. I think because of how good he was in the OKC game, especially the second half, I'm going to slightly give it to Kelly Oubre, David. Yep. We're together on this one again. I, I really wanted to go the guy that I'll have uh, next as my three votes. And I, uh, I'm guessing you had two, particularly because I, I tend to prioritize winning. But Kelly was just so good uh, in that OKC game and, and, you know, better in the Dallas game versus uh, how Aiton was in this OKC one. So I think over both games uh, and keeping us in the OKC one, I've got to go Kelly this week for four votes, Max. Yep, and you just said the name of the three-star player. I probably would have given him the five-star if this were just about the Dallas game, although Booker was really good in that game, too. It's, uh, it's DeAndre Ayton, David. He was great on both ends, we should probably point out, which is how yep. he's going to get five stars over Devin Booker some weeks, hopefully for the rest of the season, I think, because uh, him and another guy that will hopefully be in both of our leaderboards, I'm guessing, Max, were just crucial against Luka Doncic in the Dallas win. Uh, I, I tried to outline that with a few videos on Twitter during the week. I just thought the Suns' game plan was perfect for Luka. Uh, they got a little bit lucky with some missed shots, but, you know, Mikhail and, and Aiton really saw that game plan out. Disappointing to see him, I guess, fall back down against the OKC Thunder and a big opponent in Steven Adams. But as we've said all year, that's just the story of DeAndre Ayton at the moment. And I know you pointed it out again today during the Thunder match. We, we just have to, you know, look at the baseline more rather than these highs and lows with DeAndre Ayton because 
uh, that's probably what's going to see us through in the end with with what he's going to be as a, a, a consistent uh, player that you can count on, Max. Yep, absolutely. And I will point out that Aiton did make some pretty good plays towards the end of the OKC game in the fourth quarter. He had a one stretch with a block and a really nice... Uh, he kind of called for the ball with Rubio down low. Had the uh, seal, that stretch. And yep. Had the exactly, seal. had yep. the seal. And that is something he didn't do last year. He didn't like suck and then become like good and have one of the bigger stretches of the game. And that's and that's progress, and that's what we're trying to see from Nathan. So I absolutely agree. Uh, overall, encouraged with him for sure. Uh, you mentioned my guy at number two. He was bad in the on the offensive end in the OKC game, for the most part. But Mikael Bridges deserves it just for what he did in the Dallas game. And still, defensively, he's consistent as hell. Yeah, and if the Suns don't make a trade, like we're going to get to a little bit later, and uh, other role players can't step up. You know, I think Mikel's going to just continue to get in these two, three, maybe one vote some weeks purely based on the defense that he brings. Because, yeah, again, to double down on it uh, in the Dallas game in particular against Luca, who was the guy that they needed to stop, I just thought he was huge. And, uh, you know, Monty sat him for a lot of the, the Thunder one today, but brought him in with the other starters down the stretch. Unfortunately, they couldn't bring it out and, and maybe should have left in the, the guy that I've got at number one. But, uh, I wanted to, uh, I'm guessing here, but I wanted to give you the spotlight. I actually wanted to try and give it to uh, my one vote to a, a different player just so you could have the 100% spotlight on this guy. But uh, I couldn't. I had to put him in here, but I'll let you announce it for the listeners if I'm, if oh, I'm right. Oh, no, David, David, I want to hear you talk about him. <laughs> Tiger Rome deserves wholeheartedly the one star for the week because he had 12 points against Dallas and really came on in that game. Uh, the OKC game, he only had nine points max, but I thought, and this is probably why counting stats don't mean everything. I think he was uh, better in the second game of the two that we're talking about, even though I was still quite impressed with him in that Dallas game. And as I said, there was no one else, but that shouldn't take credit away from him. I think he deserves to uh, be in here. And as I look at the leaderboard, I'm guessing this might be the first time... Yep, he is on zero votes from all of our listeners so far. So this is Ty Jerome or Tiger Rome's debut in the seven seconds or less leaderboard for the year. Please rave on about your boy, Max. Well, he gets two votes then for the whole year so far because I'm also <laughs> giving my vote to Ty Jerome. I agree with you. Uh, it's just... And also, in he would have had more points than if he didn't have two shots rim out. He had the three pointer. Yep. Uh, and also the one that little fadeaway in the in the lane there. And listen, the confidence you you can just see it with him. And it's always been about that with him. And that's why like, listen, I thought he was bad earlier too because he was bad. He was terrible. But you can't really expect a guy who comes off a, a ter- uh, you know a month and a half injury into the season who's a a rookie who let's be honest, isn't like an athletic guy who's going to really take to the NBA speed of the game right away. Yeah, It was going to take him a little bit, and he's really, really smart. So he's like, he's figured it out faster than I think most of us wouldn't. And I don't want to say that he's fully figured it out yet. There's still a good chance he's going to have his struggles going forward. But you can see why, why Ty Jerome has a future in the league, at least in my opinion. It's just that the intelligence is there on both ends. Like Even though he's not athletic, on, even on defense, he makes plays. He had a rebound over Steven Adams, uh, David. I don't know if you saw that. Like, you know, maybe saying over Steven Adams is a little far. But, <laughs> I but just he, I had a mental uh, image of him, like, you know, piggybacking Steven Adams, grabbing the ball over him. But it wasn't quite like that. Other guards wouldn't have gotten it. Let's put it that yeah. way. He at least positioned his body well enough to get it. He just, he just knows how to play basketball. 
And I think he's starting to like figure it out enough where he can show that off. And he's even making plays that you wouldn't even expect from him, like that layup that he had uh, in, in the uh, in the fourth quarter where he just drove by kind of everybody. When that's kind of the thing about him is people don't expect him to go by them. So he takes advantage of that. He's just smarter than everybody else. He sees a step ahead, and he needs to keep doing that, and that's how he's going to succeed. I do want to say, though, David, I was tempted to give my one-star vote to Jalen the Q. Did you see that dunk? You know what? I didn't end up writing it down, but I had the exact same thought. Two dunks, actually. <laughs> I think you may yes. have missed the first one. Or, or no, I saw it. The, I, I didn't see that one. The second the, one was the just... Other, the yeah, second one was insane. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who hasn't, you should definitely check him out. The first one's a, you know stuck uh, picking up his dribble off the backboard uh, number. And the second one is one that uh, any normal human being would... Uh, just reverse layup, but he somehow turned it into a reverse dunk. Uh, unfortunately, if you look at the score in the game, uh, the the Suns or the Naz Suns were were well out of it, which has been uh, the theme of their entire season. If you've been following along in the G League, but uh, he's showing signs, Max, and and yeah, I had a similar thought. Uh, if Ty didn't step up in in the two games this week, uh, we might have cheekily put Jalen Lequeux in in that one star slot. <laughs> but what what was your I favorite think- your favorite favorite highlight from from Ty um you know in the two games I think you just mentioned mine I just think the the OKC guards were, were really pressuring him full court uh which we saw him really struggle with early on when they handed the uh backup point guard duties to him and he, he really struggled but this time he just looked ultra confident uh never you know picked up the dribble you know gave it off a couple of times if he felt like he wasn't going to be able to get by guys uh but that one that one time in particular, he just took Schroeder the whole way uh, and got the layup because everyone else was, you know, guarding their men. And I just thought that was a great sign for, for his future. Yeah, if you're talking about what trait I like the most from Ty Jerome, I agree with you. It's just the overall confidence, especially dribbling the ball. Yeah. But just talking about one highlight for me, it's the entry pass to DeAndre Ayton. Yes. It was just gorgeous, and it really stuck out given how bad our guards have been over the past five years at entry passes. Mm-hmm. And just it was just goddamn perfect. Ayton caught it easily, laid it in. Like That's what we've been waiting for. That's what a lot of people on Twitter who blamed Igor for the inability to get Ayton the ball. I think uh, you probably enjoyed that uh, as much as I did even, even though I'm the Ty Jerome guy. Uh, just seeing a guard actually get in the ball. It's not... It's not the coaching's fault, guys. It's it's just, you know, it's an execution thing. Yeah, and didn't throw it on the first look. You know, really waited until yeah. Aiton knew exactly what he was going to do, and that's what we didn't see last year. We either saw panic passes that turned into turnovers because not everyone was on the same page, uh, or no passes at all where they deferred to someone else because they just weren't confident uh, making the decision. And, yeah, as much as we get on coaches, and I'm, I'm a little bit critical of, of Monty, uh, you know, not pulling the right reins in this Thunder game and, and l- allowing them to go on the, you know, 11-0 yeah. run or whatever it is to lose the game. But at the end of the day, the players are the ones that have to do the job and, and the coaches can only do so much. So great signs from Ty, which gives us a little bit of a positive, I suppose, from that Thunder game where there was uh, mostly uh, disappointment at the end of it, I suppose, which just goes to show how much, you know, re- ends up on that, whether it's a W or an L at the end, because we might be talking about Kelly a little bit more in his performance or, you know, the bench stepping up. I was you know, really uh, happy initially for Tyler Johnson and then gutted for him that he uh, seemed to go back into the locker room with a, a knee issue or something like that, because it was probably the best game he played all season as well. So there was were some positives to take, but uh, overall it, it would have been much better to, to go two and zip for 
this week, Max, but you know, I should round out the leaderboard stuff. Book, Ubre, Rubio, Saric, and Baines are still the top five, but Mikhail is up to sixth and Aiton is up to seventh. So my question for you is where do those two guys, and it might be down to trades and things like that with guys in the top five currently, where do those two guys end up at the end of the year, considering we're you know still got a little bit under halfway to go, so a lot of games to get votes. Can you give me the like, how many votes they're down right now behind the second and third place guys? I sure can. So Mikhail's on 231, and DeAndre Ayton is on 182. And you've got Baines about 60 votes ahead of Mikhail. Uh, Saric, very much similar to that, only 10 more. And then you've got a real leap. So Ricky Rubio, 626. Kelly Oubre is 737. So they'd be, you know, probably hard-pressed to, to crack the top three, but you never know. Yeah, I think Aiton will be fourth and Mikel will be fifth, probably. That's yeah. probably the safest way to go, right? I think so. Yeah, I think. Just I do want to say real quick that you brought him up, Tyler Johnson. He was in contention for that one-star spot before uh, he went out with that injury. He actually was really playing well. I was just happy for him because, you know, he's a just ultimate professional, uh, ultimate team guy. And I just, you know, I know I'm a little bit biased with the guys that I really love, but he just cops some really undue slack. Uh, or flack, I should say, from people on Twitter just, you know, for having some bad games, which, you know, he's not a star. So uh, it was just good to see him bounce back, and uh, it would have been uh, more happy for him if we got the win and, and he was, I guess, able to see it out. I think he actually came back for Devon when he when he fouled out, so that was at least a positive sign that he wasn't, uh, you know, injured enough to be taken out of the game entirely, Max. Well, it's nice to hear you defend your guy, and I know you're not about to trade him seven times in the next segment. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the really interesting thing. We, who knows how many more <laughs> games he's got for the Phoenix Suns, but I've enjoyed his time while he's been on the team just because he is such a team guy, and we should uh, let off some of these guys sometimes. But we're still missing some votes from Week 13. I'll remind the listeners that's the two Spurs, Spurs games, uh, Pacers and Memphis. And just as another reminder... This week is just Dallas and OKC, which means we might have a, a huge week 15. We've got a couple of back-to-backs coming up this week, so there might be up to five games before we record next max, maybe plus some trades to talk. So we're looking at a, a pretty big episode next time up, I think. But we've discussed the games enough, but I guess before we move on entirely, you know, what's your current, I guess, gut check on the team? They really need to inject some... Uh, you know, new talent into this team to have a strong finish to the year? Or are we already trending in the right direction? I'm feeling, you know, other than the loss today, quite positive that they've turned a, at least a little bit of a corner, particularly with some duress with uh, some guys missing through injury and things. What, what's your gut feel on this team right now? Well, David, we beat the crap out of the Mavericks, <laughs> one of the better teams in the league, when they had Luka, obviously. We barely lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder because we just kind of screwed up at the end. Uh, some officiating chicanery, but mostly our own fault. Uh, but OKC's very good. I, I feel very good, very positive. I, I tweeted about a month ago that it's dumb to you know hold your hopes in the playoffs right now for the Suns. Like, yeah. This really shouldn't be the goal. I, listen, we all got really excited with the 7-4 start. Of course we did. That was exciting. Uh, but this is not really not a playoff team. Uh, and the fact that Aiton's come in and has looked so much better, the fact that Mikel is showing signs, now Ty Jerome showing signs. Yep. Booker obviously has taken a lead from last year. Like, 
we really should be happy with what we're seeing. There's really no reason not to be. So at this point, like the progress is what we should be hoping for. They're definitely not going to be as bad as they were last year. They're already better than they were last year, win-wise. Yep. They're going to finish with 30 wins, uh, at least. I think we need to be happy with where we are. I think we need to just look at uh, the progress and just not focus on these. Like, I, Here's the thing. If we would have like randomly stolen the ball uh, with 10 seconds left in this game and hit a three to win the game, and we would have won today, everyone on the Sun Sooner would have gone crazy. You and I would be re- way happier on this podcast. But yep. guess what? We still wouldn't make the playoffs. It wouldn't have mattered for anything. So we really should just have to take a you know sort of a more wide, broad perspective on this season and, and just realize that things are generally trending well. And we should probably be happy with that. Yeah, I've really come around on this and, and said just as much this week. I feel very similar and have been trying to uh, uh, preach your word, uh, so to speak, I think, Max, because you've been a lot more consistent on, on me. I've probably fallen into the trap of getting excited about the playoffs and things and, and watching how many games back from the eighth seed that we are. But, you know, I'll say it again to anyone listening that's feeling a little bit glum about this situation and the playoffs. If you look at this team and, and watch the games through a lens of just the development and forget about the wins and losses and, and how it impacts uh, where we are in the standings. It's actually really enjoyable to watch, guys. I'm not kidding you. I, I wouldn't bullshit you. Uh, if you just try it, I think you'll be really surprised because uh, Aiton's progression is awesome. Watching Devin Booker just be amazing night in and night out is awesome. Seeing Mikhail, uh, you know, Ty Jerome, as we talked about, those kind of younger guys, hopefully Cam comes back and has some games. You know, Kelly continually proving that he can potentially be a a third guy who's still quite young. You know, it is actually really enjoyable to see it. And I think the Dallas game is the perfect example of that. Say that came just after the trade deadline uh, and we'd made a, you know, a couple of short-term moves to bring some vets in or something. And they won that Dallas game on the back of, you know, a couple of Trevor Ariza types. Like we'd probably be excited, but you know, how much more exciting is it when, you know, it was basically your three core players plus Kelly Oubre that got you that win and, and blew Dallas off the court. Like that's a window into the future. And that's going to be so much more uh, than, you know, sneaking into an eight seed and, and getting swept by the Lakers or something. I think Max. Yeah, you're hundred percent right. And the fact that the Suns have finally committed to a coach, I mean, we can debate the merits and the uh, cons of Monty Williams, but just his ability, the five year contract, like they're, they're going to just try to grow this. They're going to do their best to build around Booker and Aiton, who's actually shown to be. And listen, I know everyone was excited about the 16-10 and 10 last season with Aiton. It didn't mean anything. Like, it was fine. It was cool. But, like, now he's actually showing legitimate growth on defense. Yeah. He's showing he can actually be an anchor as a five. Like, now is the time to be excited about DeAndre Aiton. He's showing he can be a real core to build around. Uh, Mikel Bridges, same thing. Mikel Bridges is, like, one of the best winning defenders in the league by a lot of advanced metrics. It's a lot to be excited about. Like, this team is actually starting to build around the players that matter. And that's really all that I could tell to Suns fans who are, you know, in despondent right now. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I mean, I was yelling on Twitter about the NBA refs. I, I'm upset with the NBA right now. I'm actually not upset with the Suns. I'm probably the happiest I've been with the Suns in many years. Me too. Me too, Max. All right. How about uh, Did You Know, David? Are we ready for it before we do our trade thing? Well, Max, we're up to episode 77 and just talked about Devin Booker missing out on the All-Star game, but you know who wears number 77 and just got his first All-Star appearance? 
Am I allowed to measure him on this podcast? <laughs> That's right, Luca Dontich. But don't sweat it, listeners. You don't have to turn off. I'm not going to put you through a Luca love fest for Did You Know this week. I instead want to focus on the Phoenix Suns history like we always do. So, Max, did you know the Phoenix Suns have had 23 players make all-star games across 62 separate selections and over 37 different seasons. That's right. Devin Booker was set to make it number 24 for the Suns in what could have possibly been yet another hat tip to Kobe Bryant the week of his passing. Quick side note for all the listeners, Max, this week following Kobe's death, Booker took 24 shots against the Grizzlies and then in the Second game against Dallas, he had 32 points, which is obviously 24 plus 8, the two numbers that he wore. But back to the Suns All-Stars, Max. I'm going to set your goal here at 7 in a true 7 seconds or less fashion. Can you give me 7 Suns All-Stars in 7 seconds or less? Booker, Barkley, Stoudemire, Marion, Westfall, Davis, Johnson. Is that 7? Well, you said Booker, which I'm guessing you meant someone else at the start, not Devin Booker. Oh, yeah, I definitely didn't mean Booker. They say Nash, I may have been Nash. Or Barkley? No. I may have been Barkley, though. I think you meant Nash, and you easily got to okay. seven in seven seconds there. So in order of most recent appearance, Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, Shaquille O'Neal, Sean Marion, Stefan Marbury, who you mentioned, Jason Kidd, all back from now until the year 2000. Charles Barkley, who you also said, Dan Marley, Kevin Johnson, Tom Chambers, Jeff Hornacek in the 90s, Walter Davis, Larry Nance, Maurice Lucas, Dennis Johnson, Truck Robinson, who I love, carried the 80s for the Suns. And another guy you mentioned, I believe, Paul Westpaul, Alvin Adams, Charlie Scott, Connie Hawkins, Paul Silas, Dick Van Arsdale, Gail Goodrich were the Suns' representatives in the early days of the franchise in the 60s and 70s. But Max, with just 23 players over 62 selections, we of course have many multi-time All-Stars wearing the purple and orange. In fact, nine of the 23 were only selected once for the Suns, with the other 14 appearing at least twice. So next question for you. Give me one of the two ex-Suns with the most all-star appearances repping the Phoenix Suns, and how many do you think it is? The absolute most? Uh, Walter Davis was good for a very long time. That's one. Maybe you can name both of them for bonus points. Nash? Yep. On the money. They both Okay. They both uh, had how six? many each? Six. You have swept the table with that mm. one. Very, very good on you. And a follow-up question. With a small clue, given I listed them all for you before, so I hope you are listening. Can you give me one of the nine one-time All-Stars for the Phoenix Suns? One of the nine one... Didn't Shaq make it once? You are on the money again, on a roll. You could have chosen any one of Paul Silas in 71-72, Truck Robinson in 80-81, Shaq, who you did choose in 08-09, Larry Nance, 84-85, Stefan Marbury, 02-03, Maurice Lucas, 82-83, Hornacek, 91-92, Gail Goodrich, 68-69, or Alvin Adams, 75-76. Now to finish for you, Max, and the listeners, as I mentioned earlier, we are in fact up to episode 77 this week for the podcast. So what happened in 1977 when it came to the All-Star theme and Suns-themed folklore? Well, two things over two different seasons, I believe. In early 1977, part of the 76-77 season. Often did you know segment mentioned Paul Westpaul was in his fifth season and given his first all-star nod for the Phoenix Suns. 
West Paul was the lone all-star son in that year who averaged 21.3 points on 51% shooting and with a PER of 21.4. Max, Devin Booker is also in his fifth season, averaging much higher at 27.1 points per game when I wrote this, but believe it or not, was also shooting 51% when I wrote it and with just a 0.1 difference in PER with 21.5 currently. So we may need the luck of an injury replacement like we mentioned before. Uh, for Booker, but it's in the seven seconds or less signals that he may make his all-star game in for the first time in his fifth, fifth season, I should say. And even more so because West Paul was joined the following year by his sidekick, Walter Davis, and they went on to be selected together three years in a row for the Suns. One can only dream about the two guys I'm thinking about, right, Max? One can only dream, <laughs> But I mentioned two things happened in 77, Max, and I'll leave this final fun tidbit before signing off on Did You Know for this week. In the 77-78 season, where West Paul became a two-time All-Star, the NBA held a horse competition, but it wasn't the failed horse comp we saw at All-Star Weekend in 08 and 09. Not sure if you or the listeners remember that flop, Max. Another quick side note, Kevin Durant, surprise, surprise, won both of those competitions. This competition was held in Atlanta in 77-78 over the All-Star Weekend and included 31 participants. That's it. You heard me right. 31. Paul Westpaul joined the likes of Rick Barry, Rudy Tomjanovich, Pete Maravich, Bob McAdoo, Lionel Hollins, George Gervin for the Round Robin Tournament of Horse where basically anything was allowed. Westpaul took out Lionel Hollins in Round 1, Kazzy Russell in round two, John Williamson in round three, Maurice Lucas, one-time son, in round four, and the championship game was between him and Pistol Pete Maravich, which Paul Westpaul won by forfeit because Maravich had a knee injury and couldn't compete. So to Uh. end, Max, I know everyone is listening wondering why it only lasted one year. To that, I say jump on YouTube, find one of the few tapes of the matches online. Unfortunately, you can't find Paul uh, Paul Westpool one, but watch for five minutes and you'll probably understand why it only lasted one year. But that's it, Max. Time to jump into one of our favorite things to do on this podcast, and that is whenever we get a chance, trying to do some mock GM type stuff. I'm excited to go to that, David. Usually when you do the, uh, like the, did you notice if I at least like vaguely heard of the thing you're talking about? I have not vaguely heard of the thing you ended with there. I think a few people might be in the same boat and I was too (laughs) before I stumbled across it in 1977. So uh, as I said, a few of them are on YouTube. So go check them out, guys. It's pretty funny to watch. The other thought that I've had that was kind of funny was uh, the Devin Booker thing when you mentioned his stats on the season and right after that, you know, before the OKC game. Yep. He had 27 points tonight and shot 50% from the field. <laughs> you got to love it. Got to love it. He's probably going to say around the same stats. I just like guess. Perfect. Uh, yes, we're going to do the uh, we're going to do the mock GM thing. We've done this a couple of times. Uh, we've done it for free agency. I don't know. If, have we done it for the uh, trade deadline before, David? Uh, I don't know. I think we've just we've definitely done a trade deadline one, but I don't think we did the, yes. the mock theme that we love to do. So it might be a first time. Yeah, it'll be fun. So we're both going to play uh, the GM of the Suns here for just a little minute. I can make the trade we'd probably make. To be honest, for me, David, this trade line, I'd probably stand pat. But for the purposes of the podcast, that's it's kind of boring. So I'm going to do something. <laughs> Good to uh, hear. Do you want to take? Do you want to? Yes. You, you can take the lead then. Okay, sure. So I mean, I went through a few of these, and 
There's a lot that I like. I mean, my favorite one, if I thought Washington would do it, would be to go get Ish Smith and Davis Bertans, mm-hmm. but I just don't think that's possible. Yep. So I think I'm going to call Chicago real quick and go after the thing I think we need the most, although Ty Jerome is trying to convince me we don't. Which... I think we need uh, Tomas Sadoransky really badly on this team. Yep. I just think he'd help a lot. Uh, he's got a good contract. We could have him the next year, and then in his third year, we could uh, cut him for $5 million. So we, if we wanted to make a big acquisition, we could get him. He's also very tradable, so if we needed to move him, we could. So I'm going to go to the third guard. I'm going more expensive than we usually go in. I'm calling Chicago. Hang on, hang on, Max. Yeah. Which dumb front office member of the Chicago Bulls do you want to call and, and hopefully swindle <laughs> on a trade? Who am I playing here? I mean, there's two of them. Do I, do I go Gar or do I go Pax? Uh, I'm going to go with Gar. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm on the line as Gar. What, what are we offering? By the way, I'm calling Gar because I've heard Bill Simmons once saw him on a plane and he slept the whole time for like five hours in the middle of the day. <laughs> and he thought that was very interesting for an NBA GM. Uh, all, right. all right, Gar. So, man, so you just sat out. It's not working out for you very well this mm-hmm. season, mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, we have a few young guys, and I think I'm going to make some Suns fans mad here, but... I'm starting to get less beholden to young guys. I think, like, you know, a guy like Cam Johnson could be available here mm. if you're interested in something like that. Yep. Uh, so if I can just build something around Cam Johnson and uh, and Dario Saric for Sadoransky, I'm willing to do that. We need a guard who is not, not, not young, young, not old, old. He's, like, in the prime years. Mm-hmm. He can be our sixth man. He could potentially replace Rubio as a starter if we need him to. He also would fit perfectly as a backup guard if you know look turns out to be something or you know if ty jerome's great or whatever i just think that this guy could really help our core move forward the next uh, year and a half so i'm willing to give you cam johnson i'm willing to give you Dara sarge what do you think about that i'm not saying no to that uh you know as chicago's gm uh you're right i don't think it's quite worked out how they hoped with sato they've got some other young guards in that position uh and you're offering me a guy that was picked number 11 rightly or wrongly in last year's draft. So another prospect that we can hold on to and, and hopefully build around. And we probably need a little bit of shooting in Chicago. So uh, if that's the offer, you've probably got yourself a deal there, Max. If Lou, uh, sorry, sorry, uh, Laurie Marketing were healthy, mm-hmm. like, like tradable really, I think that that's what I would absolutely go for is the Sato uh, uh, Marketing thing. Yeah. But I do want to just point out, the reason why I did this is like, I just think, Man, we overrate young players so much. I think Cam Johnson's going to be a fine player in the NBA. He could be a good player. But, like, I just think getting somebody who's, like, solid and I know he's going to build the core for the next five years and help Booker and Aiton, I just think getting Sadoransky would just help so much, David. Let's say they are interested in Laurie and, and the Bulls, you know, are, are wanting to get off him, particularly with the uh, the injury. And we're, we're kind of looking a little bit more long-term. That it, Maybe he was a long-term goal of the Suns and they're not sure. so so worried about the short-term injury. What, what are you adding? Uh, you know, salary, and that's probably not an issue, I wouldn't imagine. You'd probably add a guy like Frank Kaminsky or something. But what what are you willing to add on top of Cam Johnson to potentially get, get both guys in a trade, just out of interest? Yeah, it's, it's going to be maybe like a lottery protected first, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think because then you're not only just getting Sadoransky, who you're very, you know, very, very sure he could be your third guard, maybe even help start with Booker at times. Yep. You're also getting somebody with a lot of upside. He's still like, I mean, listen, Laurie Markin is what, three years younger than Cam Johnson? Uh, he's seven feet oof. tall. He shoots really, really well. I, I think it's close. He's not three years younger. He's two years younger. He's definitely younger. Yeah. 
And, and the dude is seven feet tall. And listen, I think Cam Johnson's a better bet to shoot than Laurie Marker than it is. But Laurie Marker is a pretty good bet to shoot. He's seven feet tall, too. I just, man, that's a lot of upside. And you're getting the sure thing in Sato. Yeah, that's the, the cherry on top for me. I, I have a hard time at the moment comparing Laurie and Cam just because Cam's done everything you, you ask of him coming in his first season. Mm-hmm. And, and Laurie's obviously a bit of a... A reclamation project even though I do agree at their ceilings Laurie's definitely the the better player but you know the fact that you're taking that punt plus getting uh, a guy that you really need in Sadoransky I, I think it's probably a, a deal that the Suns should look at if it comes across uh, their text messages or phone lines Max it very likely won't although Sadoransky is kind of the, the player James Jones likes if you were just like four inches taller and yeah white smart not that athletic <laughs> exactly just he's a little taller and he'd be in on him but uh how about you give me yours you're james jones now David. all right well i kind of looked at the the lay of the land a little bit made some calls around and mm-hmm. you know it's going to be a bit of a dud deadline because you know charlotte is sitting in 12th just five games back in the east standings from the playoffs and, and sacramento are 13th six games back yep. so i think a lot of teams are still going to think that they can be buyers and, and make the playoffs so that only leaves Golden State, Minnesota, Atlanta, Cleveland, the Knicks, and then maybe you could tempt Charlotte, Washington, who you mentioned before, Detroit, depending on which way they go, uh, and maybe the Kings. So that's kind of our target group, I think, when you're looking at any of these uh, realistic trades that the Suns might do. And, you know, I want to be a buyer. I don't want to completely contradict what I said before about, um, you know, not being worried about the playoffs. But I I just think James Jones in particular really values competing uh, as a a development tool. So I think they can still add a couple of pieces uh, and play the season out um, and improve the young guys and, and I guess, make Devin Booker feel good about the end of the season. So I kind of want to back up point guard like you looked Mm -hmm. at, or or maybe you just look at it as a, a third guard off the bench. And I'd love some more shooting at a big man position as well. And, you know, I don't want to rant about this, but I've said it so many times. Just the end of roster balance just sucks at the moment. They need to fix that up a little bit and not just have four or five guards that all play the same position at the end. So my plan is to make a few calls on what I can sell first and then maybe pull the trigger on a trade. So I'm going to call around to the Clippers, Denver, Boston, Miami, and Philly, Max. You're going to have to Whoa. act on behalf of all of those. Okay. I'm going to ask you all a question. Are you willing to give me a future first or young prospect for an Aaron Baines rental for the playoffs? Uh, probably not a future first. I mean, I guess if those teams are the most interested from, if I'm Boston because they need a center. Mm-hmm. But even there, like ugh, a future first is tough. I mean, we don't know if he's going to be healthy. He's had a... Yeah, I like Aaron Baines. He's, he's also played for us before. He's declined a little bit. I don't know. Future first is strong there, James Jones. Yeah, and I just think that's where the line is for me as James Jones. If I can't get that, I'm not selling on Aaron Baines. So we'll move on from that really quickly. Call around the whole league, mostly playoff teams for Dario Saric. Is anyone willing to give me you know, maybe a couple of seconds for Dario to kind of recoup some of our lost second-round picks going forward? Would anyone throw that out, do you think, Max? Mm, I'm, I'm expanding the limits of my brain trying to scan every single playoff <laughs> team's power forward rotation. Uh, I mean, maybe Houston. I mean, Houston just needs players yep. that I can play basketball. So maybe they would do something like that. What do you think about that? Yeah, love throwing off fringe assets for you know guys that might help them make a, a one last but, run. Let me ask you this, though, David. Are the, do the Suns really want two seconds? 
Yeah, well, I just think, you know, we're, we're hearing whispers that maybe Dario is not long for the Phoenix Sun, so you, you take what you can get, particularly if... No, I agree. I want two seconds, David, but does James Jones want two seconds? I think if, he doesn't care about that thing. I think if I get a guy to start in Dario's spot with, with my big trade here, then I, I would do it, and I think James would yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah if, you're, if you're doing this in combination with something else, then it totally makes sense. Yeah, do, you know, do a favor for the agent as well because you, you've basically already sure. made your mind up that Dario's not hanging around with your team. So that makes yeah, sense. let's say that that's possible if I can pull one of these trades off here. So first call, I'm going to call the Kings. So you, you're going to be Vlade here for me. Okay. Uh, I want Corey Joseph and Bialitsa, and I'm going to give you Tyler's expiring, and you can have either... Dario yourself, if you're interested in him as a restricted free agent, and I'll throw in one of our own seconds, uh, or I'll give you a protected first. Well, first of all, fuck Luka Doncic's dad. <laughs> I was just going to say that to start. Uh, and then second, oh, interesting. I mean, Pialika, I, I feel like I can sell this guy around the league, don't you mean? I, he's pretty good. Yeah, but he's he's my prize for, for taking back Corey Joseph and, and saving you a little bit of money. Vlade, because I, I know you probably want to keep Bogdan around, and, and you're going to have, uh, you know, a, a Bagley extension coming up around the corner. You know, you, I don't think Corey's really worked out there. Uh, you know, you're probably not going to make the playoffs, so you can you have a look at Dario, another European player for you, and, uh, you know, I'll give you a, a future lottery protected first as well for your troubles. Okay, so, I mean, that's very interesting, but can I ask you this? If, you know, if you're not trying to to do the Kojo thing, what would you trade for Bialik? I'm just giving you him. I don't want to trade Kojo. Ooh, I would give you uh, Dario and that protected first. Mm. See, I think that's more interesting to me. I'm, I'm Sacramento. I don't care about uh, Kojo's contract. Like, it'll expire next year. I'm not going to sign up for agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we suck. So, Dario and a protected first for Bialik. All right. Before I, I pull the trigger on that, I'm going to call the Hornets. Okay. I'm going to offer you Tyler and Dario again, or a second. You can, if you're not interested in Dario, you can take a second instead. And I'd like Malik Monk and Marvin Williams. Hmm. See, this is one of those moments where if I was sure, I would like to canvas the league and see if I could do better than that. Yep. I'm not sure that I could, though. I, I, I'm going to fast forward that. I don't think I could do better than that, honestly. Uh, I don't think Malik Monk is really impressing anybody. Mm-hmm. And Marvin Williams, like, he'll help the Suns, but like he's, like, he's not somebody like contenders are obsessed with, so... I, if I'm sure I'm saying yes to that. So you basically have to pick between the two deals. Yeah, but I don't I don't get Corey, which, you know, isn't the end of the world, but that was definitely my target with that, that Kings trade to get that third guard like in the mold of your Osato deal. But you know, I think for future flexibility and stuff, and you know, I do think this is a, a realistic thing that might happen. We might just see Tyler flipped for a, another expiring, which we mm-hmm. might get to later with some other targets, Max. But yeah, I, I, I'll you can be MJ for a second and... Uh, We'll do we'll do the second deal. We've got Tyler, and do you want Dario or the second? Oh, I think I'm in the Hornets. I want the second. I've had enough experience with like tall, white, powerful. <laughs> Cheap shot at Frank Kaminsky there, who's staying on the Suns <laughs> at least for now. All right, so we're going to give you Tyler and a second for Malik Monk and Marvin Williams, which also means I'm going to have to make a roster cut. And unfortunately, hopefully, there's not too many. Uh, Carter stands listening. He's going to get be the guy that 
uh, gets waived by the Phoenix Suns to make way for this trade, Max. You know, I think that would make sense. Also, maybe Charlotte would just want a Kobo in the trade. I don't know. Would that work money-wise? Well, uh, I'm waving Carter, not a Kobo, but I did no, have... No, I was kind of thinking, no, you're right. No, you'd wave Javon, but I, I'm thinking now, like, I should have had, as Charlotte, I should have just said, hey, why don't you throw a Kobo in? You don't, you're not going to want him anyway. Well, that's after interesting trade. point, because I did have Ali as an option if you didn't want a second mm-hmm. uh, instead, but not both. So that that's up to you. I, yeah, I kind of feel like... A couple has much more value to Charlotte in this scenario than Phoenix. Like, is Phoenix going to not do that trade because a couple's in it? Uh, I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah, no, I think you negotiated like the perfect deal there. Uh, like, that's exactly what I would what I would have done if it were you. But like, I just think like I'm just mad at myself for not going after a couple. That's what that would have really made the deal like good for Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, uh, getting off, you know, I guess. Uh, letting Malik Monk experiment go in Charlotte and, and maybe taking on a guy like Ali, which, you know, I could definitely see the Suns being totally fine with that. Because as I mentioned before, they've, they've got to make choices between some of these young guys at, at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Ali's had his own bright spots this year, but, you you know, you'd be going with Tiger Ohm uh, and Jalen LeCue probably uh, over guys like Javon Carter and, and Ali Okobo going forward, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah, interesting. But, you know, I'm sure, you know, we wanted to probably give a, a realistic lay of the land with our, our mocks here. But, you know, some listeners probably would have hoped we went a little larger or, or some of the usual suspect names. So, Max, I thought we could play a quick game, you know, just so we cover off most of the usual names that have been mentioned by Suns fans, at least from what I've seen. I've, I've got them all listed down here uh, and I'll list them off for you. Uh, in kind of positions, and, and you can give me a likelihood rating out of 10 on whether you think that there's a chance the Suns land them, and then maybe pick one or two of your, of your favorites, uh, potentially. You, you ready to do that? Let's do it. I, I would definitely uh, love to take LeBron James. Let's do that. <laughs> so at point guard, I think you mentioned it before, but Ishmith earns $6 million, uh, next season. What's a what's a likelihood of the Suns going after him? I can see it. Uh, Ex-Sun, uh, 7. Okay. Uh, a guy who's mentioned quite a lot and just played against the Phoenix Suns, Dennis Schroeder, fifteen point five million next year on his deal. Well, did you see the Twitter video of Sam Presti and uh, James Jones going behind the locker rooms? Yeah. I did. I think yes. I give it like a nine. That's spicy. <laughs> uh, oh, also, David, he was great. He's really good, David. Yeah, I, I feel burnt by him because he's just been. Uh, you know, a, a bit of a prick in the past and a bit of a, yes. a, a sook. So uh, I'm not sure how much, you know, a guy like CP3 is keeping that in check and, and whether we'd see a different Dennis Schroeder, uh, particularly with Ricky Rubio starting here in Phoenix. I do want to give a quick tangent. I totally agree. And, like, watching OKC, the game was tough. Obviously, we lost. It wasn't fun. But, man, how good is OKC? I love those guards. They have Schroeder, Paul, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and now they have Lou Dorf from ASU. Like all four of those guys are kind of fun and awesome. They are. They've got a uh, you know Presti's in a weird spot here. You know he his probably natural inclination is to collect more assets, but he's got such a you know great chemistry going with this team. So they're they're definitely a team to watch. And he also has all the assets already too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll end out point guards with a guy that uh, has come up quite a bit, and I know you've mentioned a lot. Derek Rose, seven point six million next year. He earns. <sighs> I mean, I don't want to like hurt anybody listening. I know my own podcast partner here listening. Like, I think Rose is like he's like probably the best guard on the market, and he's in a really good contract. So I kind of feel like someone's going to trade for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll reveal who later, but 
like I, an eight maybe. I think the Suns are probably going to want him. Do you think he? I mean, I, you know my reservations. Does he pass the yeah. the stuff we heard uh, earlier in the year about Monty Williams and the guys that he wants to keep around though? I have no idea. Yeah. I really don't. I, I don't know if that's more about like just guys who are good in the locker room or guys who are good people. Yeah. I, don't, I often don't know how that works. Yeah, we, we just don't know. We, we guess mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, another Piston who's apparently just come on the market and therefore Suns fans have, have been talking about, he's probably the most recent one, Luke Kennard, 5.2 uh, million end of his rookie deal next year. Yeah, I saw that. I just don't know why the Pistons would be selling him to us for for what? Like, what are they looking for? There? Yeah, yeah. So probably pretty low out of ten, I would yeah, imagine. Right, yeah, probably like three. Uh, Alec Burks, Golden State Warriors, are, are, I think selling off whatever they can get. We saw that with Willie Cauley Stein. He's only on one point six million dollars uh, for next year, I believe. And the key phrase there is whatever they can get. Like, I think we could actually <laughs> trade for him with like nothing, just like a second round pick yeah. and like nothing. So yeah, for sure, I think that makes sense. Like seven. Dylan Brooks, we once tried to trade for him. He's a restricted free agent. Would you trade him for Memphis? He looks awesome lately. He sure does. So, uh, I don't know, one? Trade and him. a guy we've talked about quite a bit, Patty Mills. $13.2 million, uh next year is the last year on his deal, Max. I just don't, again, I don't know what they would trade him for from us since we really overpaid. And they're also making the playoffs, or trying to make the playoffs, so I don't think so. Yeah. And we'll breeze through the bigs here, many of which we've talked about a lot. So uh, I'll give you the contract, and you can just give me a number, and we can move on. Bobby Portis, team option next year. Uh, two. Serge Barker expiring this year. Mm, seven. Blake, two years left on his deal. Griffin? Yes. Oh, I don't think he's tradable right now. He can't even play. I agree. Just mentioning all the names we see out there. Kevin Love, three years. Uh three this is no no noise and we already spoke about Laurie Markkinen so we can move on from him but Aaron Gordon two years left on his deal and Suns fans talk about him a lot four just because he's the U of A tie and also like magic aren't refuting these rumors you pretty much answered this one but Davis Bertans expiring what number would you put on that I'm gonna give it a three more than I said before just because the Wizards have been kind of like sad lately but like I I think I'd retain him, yeah. David. Like, why wouldn't you? Uh, I definitely agree with that. Gallo just played the Thunder, very similar to the Schroeder situation. He's an expiring. They're not going to trade him. They're trying to be good. Yep. And I've got to mention this guy, but I know what your answer is going to be. Carl Anthony Towns, who is on the full max. God, I, I really, really, really wish, man. But I'm going to give that a negative. <laughs> so no <laughs> small forwards in any of mine. Have I missed anyone that you've seen from Suns fans in my little... A group of usual suspects there, Max. From Suns fans. That's interesting. Um, I don't think so. Have Suns fans talked about Christian Thompson at all? I don't think I've seen it. You've definitely mentioned it before, but I haven't seen it from anybody else. So um, what likelihood do you want to put on that one? Still pretty damn low. Yeah. I just thought he made the only guy on my list they would, they would pick. Maybe like a three. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. But maybe we should move to, I guess, some other ideas we're going to throw out there that Suns fans might not be thinking about or have talked about. But before we do that, you know, we talked about them before, but, you know, probably Sarich, Baines, and Tyler are the most likely guys to go out of Phoenix mm-hmm. unless a bigger deal gets done. I'm not sure if you think anyone else. We discussed a Kobo. I think Kelly and Rubio are probably pretty safe unless we get completely blindsided by something. So, uh, yeah, not much else going out other than those three guys. So, um, you know, what's your price point of temptation? We kind of went through it in my exercise before with Baines and Sarich. Do you differ? Would you take less on either of those two guys if you're James Jones or the GM of the Suns? Interesting. I think 
I know I, I don't think may, mostly no, but I would say I would value the young guys who have shown absolutely nothing far less than we have in the past. Yeah. Like even like you know absolutely nothing's too strong. But like Cam Johnson or Ty Jerome, I'm a big Ty Jerome fan. But like if I can really substantially truly upgrade, I'm just not gonna value those guys who could easily wash out. Uh, more than I, yeah, as much as I have in the past. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So Baines, he, he's a topic of discussion. I'm a little bit yeah. biased. You know, I said it has to be a protected first versus all the, I guess, advantages for keeping him for the rest of the year and maybe bringing him back next season. Would you take a, you know, a good second from a team? You know, particularly because we are missing seconds at the moment in the future. I need a very clear, like, reason to move on from Baines. I'm not moving on for no reason. Like, if it's the Golden State... Second from Dallas, I might do it because it's the first second. Yep. But other than that, not not it has to be a really top second. I need something that I'm like really tangibly excited about because he's. I do think he's helping off the court. Yeah, I I very much agree with that. Well, let's throw some final names out from a, a Suns perspective before we move on to general NBA. I've got quite a few ideas, but I'll let you start us off with with something that you might have thought, Max. Yeah, sure. So this is my favorite one, but I think that there's an interesting deal to be made with the Knicks. Okay. Uh, Taj Gibson mm-hmm. is 9.8 this year, and then a team option. Another veteran guy who can like kind of you know show guys how to play, contribute on certain nights. And then Reggie Bullock adding in. Yeah. Uh, Four million this year, one million guaranteed. So basically, you only have a one million guaranteed total. These guys next year. Yep. I mean, if 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 Diggs are willing to just take like you know Tyler Johnson a future second just to get something, I might I would do that. I, if I can, get, or maybe even like a Kobo. Like if they're if they're willing to take something that's not that value that much, I would do that. Yeah, uh, Bullock's on my kind of you know in my random good fits mm-hmm. grouping, which uh, Sadaransky was in as well, which you've already uh, listed off in uh, your mock trade deadline so yeah i would do a deal like that for sure i think we're in a privileged position where you know tyler you know as much as we praised him for his game against the thunder today you know he hasn't been a key piece of the rotation so you could just try something you know i've even got a group of you know just expirings for expirings here three and i should preface all of this a lot of this stuff uh you know i'm not huge fans of the deals but it's essentially a free shot a lot of this yep. stuff so you know a guy like reggie jackson oh david uh, you just stepped on mine that is mine Ooh, I'll, I'll skip over him quickly then evan turner even just from a yep. creation on the bench uh and dj augustine although i don't think the magic would um you know throw him easily but my other random good fits uh, are jeremy lamb uh beasley's a restricted free agent with denver maybe you could pry him away uh, my probable favorite that I'd really support is Joe Harris, mm-hmm. who's on a $7 million deal before becoming a free agent. And, you know, famously, Kyrie didn't list him in their uh, <laughs> core going forward. So maybe you could have him. 54 points tonight, by the way, Kyrie. He's, he's pretty good. Yes, that was unbelievable. He can say whatever he wants when he's, when he's yeah. you know, shooting on that efficiency. But, yeah, Jake Lehman's another one who I've just always loved. He's on a really cheap contract. So uh, another big wing-type guy. But... Let's go to your uh, your surprise one here because it's not mine. We wondered whether our big trade might uh, be equal to each other, but I'll let you talk about Reggie Jackson. I was just going through all the teams, and like it's just been so long where I've been just ignoring Reggie Jackson's con- because I just hated his contract. I was like, there's no way I would ever even pay attention <laughs> to that guy. Then I realized him and, uh, and uh, Tyler Johnson are on like the same exact expiring deal right now. Yep, just swap them over. They're the exact same. So you're just like, why don't you swap them? You give Detroit like a shitty future second or something worthless. And they're just like, okay, I guess, because we don't care about this guy anyway. 
And you just like see what Reggie Jackson's like for a little bit. Maybe he's just a big improvement. Exactly. Yeah, I actually brought this up with the Locked On guys last week when I uh, guessed with them. Wanted to gauge their thoughts on a deal like that. Yeah. And, and the other thing I brought up is just cut and wave him if he's a dick or he sucks or he's complaining exactly. about his minutes. Like It's literally a free hit, particularly because Tyler hasn't been a piece of the rotation. You're not robbing yourself of anything here. I mean, if it's literally straight up, they would just be stupid as hell not to do that. Yeah. If it's like, you, I would even throw in like a tiny shitty asset. Like as long as it's not a major asset or anything I, you actually care about, like that's fine. Go ahead. Just try it. Which the Suns, you know, if his, recent history shows us they've been willing to, to do that kind of thing. That's how they've they've got no seconds. <laughs> that is exactly right. All right. Now I'm excited to hear yours, David. All right. I'm going to throw D'Lo out there. It's not my one, but it is another yeah. guy that a lot of people bring up. I just don't see any... Happen. Anyway, in hell, that's a deal at this trade nope. deadline. Let they didn't going want forward. to sign him last summer, guys. Why would they do that now? <laughs> and again, I've got to give the disclaimer. I don't love this trade. I'm more thinking about what the Suns might do, just with the little that we know so far about James Jones. Yep. But I'm calling Vlade Divac back, Max. Okay, let me take the cigarette out of my mouth. What's up? Harrison Barnes earns 22, 20, 18. The Suns don't really have... A power forward. We saw Kelly really struggle guarding a guy like Gallo today. I love the switch, just as a side note. I'm very much loving Bridges and Ubre starting. I think it was a worthwhile move. Oh, yeah. Let's say the Suns just don't think that they're a free agent player. They need a starting power forward they can count on. If you can get Harrison Barnes to just play defense, hit open shots, be a reliable guy... Would this regime look at a trade like that using Tyler Johnson's contract if you're not throwing very much else in and the Kings are basically just like Dallas did, jumping off the Harrison Barnes bandwagon? I mean, David, you've you're just giving me nightmares, man. <laughs> you, you've just fucking terrified me. Because this actually sounds like exactly what the Suns would do. Right? I, I really uh, felt like I was oh, onto God. something here. Like, I, I, again, I, I don't love the deal and would probably end up having a emergency podcast absolutely killing the deal and then trying to talk ourselves into Harrison Barnes like I just have now. But, you know, I, I'm pre-preparing because this just... I don't know. It just has Suns written all over it, Max. It's the most Sunsy thing. The only thing that saves me is, he, is Harrison Barnes can't shoot threes, and Jones seems to care about that. <laughs> Maybe that'll save us, but oh god, no! I, I have never even thought about that, even a little bit, and it sent a shiver down my spine, David. <laughs> that was the desired <laughs> effect for you and all the listeners. But you know, championship pedigree. He's a starter in this league. I don't know. It just feels like if they are a little bit panicked or, you know, not feeling great about their future cap spending and stuff, I, I just think that's one that could just come out of nowhere and, and shock everyone. I'm just seeing like 3,000 Scott Howard sarcastic tweets fly through my eyes right now. <laughs> that's going to be, this is going to, if, if they did that, David, it would lead to like the most, the four most like devastatingly, like sarcastically angry years in Suns history. Yep. And I got to say, you know, I, I've, I I have heard that the Suns very much value their flexibility going forward and aren't going to do anything stupid. But you know, so. just when I I thought about that, I had to throw it into the universe. A to you know send those tingles, as you said. Uh, but B, I would have kicked myself if if it eventually happened, and I uh, didn't have proof of of thinking about it being a possibility. But I will end on a positive or a slight positive. 
my pipe dream target would be PJ Tucker. And I've got a question for you. Hmm. He earns $8.3 million this year. He started for the Houston Rockets today at center, and I believe they were the first team in donkey's years to only play guys <laughs> six, six and under for their whole rotation in a game. He's non-guaranteed next year. Is that the worst player contract from a player's standpoint in the entire NBA, Max? That is an incredibly bad contract. I have not I scoured the league for this question because you just asked me it, but I, I mean, I'd be hard-pressed to find one. I think you would. Wow. It's it's just terrible for PJ, and you know we I believe got a report that they, uh, you know probably PJ's agent realized that that was a really bad deal and tried to get an extension for PJ, and they declined and then extended Eric Gordon instead. So I don't know why this man is playing through nerve damage. We, you know we've seen it in Phoenix. He's an absolute psycho and gives everything on the court, uh, but he's being too selfless here. I think for. Uh, what the franchise he's playing for has given him, and I would happily take him back uh, in the desert, Max. Uh, I mean, that would be, be a dream to get T, uh, PJ Tucker back. Man, I actually, I, my memorable memory of him, I think I mentioned it on the podcast before, was the fact that I, he made us lose a tanking game in 2015. <laughs> like that, that, or maybe it was 2016, but whatever the year we traded to the Raptors, I, that's the only thing that like I think about him. That's how like broken I am. Uh, but yeah, PJ Tucker, love him. Let's move to general NBA while we're talking about uh, other, yep. I guess, non-Suns teams. Um, do you want to start us off with, with something that you may be expecting? I think you alluded to it before, so it won't be a huge surprise. Sorry for uh, stamping all over that one. Yeah, he's a bad human, guys, but Derrick Rose is the best guard on the trade line right now pretty easily. Yep. So I think that one of these teams is going to trade for him, and I think the team that just seems obvious to me is Philadelphia. Mm. They could really use a punch like him. Uh, they don't really have anything like that. I, they just need somebody besides Simmons and Embiid who can like kind of own a quarter by himself, and uh, he'd be the guy. Yep, and we uh, matched up on this one. I'll just throw in teams I'd like to see make a move at this deadline. The Heat, the Sixers, as you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets with kind of one eye on, on KD and Kyrie next year. The Nuggets, I just think, you know, they're, they're playing very good ball, but, you know, maybe just tempt yourself into making a move with some of your mm-hmm. depth pieces and, and have a splash. Uh, and the Mavericks as well, who I think fit in a, a similar scenario. But a trade, you just mentioned him. Who says no to this? Kuzma, and you've got salary, maybe Boogie and, and Troy Daniels to, to fit the salary. For Derrick Rose and Luke Kennard. Wow, that's actually—I mean, that would, if that happened as a Lakers hater, I would not be pleased. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's a good trade for the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, Rose wasn't very good with uh, the Cavs when LeBron was there, but I think you know, very different situation, and he's a, a different yeah. player now. He's kind of been on two decent uh, stretches with the Wolves and the Pistons now since then. So uh, that's one that I could see. One that I'd love to see and that will never happen. I'd love to see Miami, Pat Riley, just, you know, pull another one out of the woodwork uh, that no one sees coming. And, I, you know, Drew Holiday and Jimmy Butler with mm. some of their young pieces uh, in Florida uh, would be awesome to see. But it, it sounds like from all reports, they pushed it out today. Drew Holiday is staying uh, in New Orleans, Max. Drew Holiday and Jimmy Butler, I would be very tempted to take that team. Oh, and Bam Adebayo, I would be tempted to make that team go to the finals, dude. Yeah, it would give Devin Booker and Suns fans nightmares with those two guys guarding, uh, and most teams, which is why, yeah, they'd be a hot favorite. But yeah, Miami's one to watch for me. They, they don't have a lot of work 
uh, or a lot to work with because of Pat Riley's, you know, pretty poor off seasons before uh, landing Jimmy Butler, uh, I guess Bam coming on and, and then drafting Tyler Hero. But uh, yeah, watch out for them at the deadline. Uh, if we don't um, have a dud deadline and, and someone does make a move, I, I'd be very surprised if it's not a team like the Miami Heat. The only caveat I'll give them the Heat, because I, I totally agree with what you're saying, they're just, I think they think they're Giannis contenders. Yes. So they won't want to take money on for 2021. But if they can get guys who expire, I think they're 100% in. Yep. I very much agree with you. And we can probably move on, I think, Max. Yep. The only other guy I want to mention for the Suns, um, it's not going to happen, but I just, I kind of, it's just my guy that I really, really wish we would have gotten before. And like, it's kind of conceivable that things could go horribly. We could get him. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie from the Nets. Yes. Yep. He's really, really, really good, and it would be a perfect fit with Booker. Like, they'd be awesome together. And I kind of feel like, like if it just is a little more south with those uh, him and that team, like maybe it's possible. I've always been a Dinwiddie fan. It was just, you know, I guess looking at them, and, and you know, I alluded to it before, Brooklyn are probably going to want to add pieces to uh, KD and Kyrie coming back. So, um, you know, it's hard to see Phoenix having something for them, maybe picks or something that they can play with. But, yeah. I'm a huge Spencer Dinwiddie fan, uh, which did you see his quote and follow-up tweet earlier today, which I've got for you if you didn't, Max? I, I saw he was mad about not getting... He won the skills challenge and invited back. I saw that, but read, read the rest of it. Yeah, so they asked him if he expected to be voted an all-star, and he said, uh, look at it like this. I won the skills challenge and didn't get invited back. What does that fucking say? <laughs> and then he quote tweeted the quote and said, I'm Spencer Didwitty and I approve this message. Oh. <laughs> I did not see that. I love Spencer Dinwiddie. Well, I would be very, very happy that's, if he was a Phoenix Sun. I'd like to think, David, that if you and I were NBA athletes, that's how we would tweet. <laughs> he's, he's great. I love him. But let's move on now, Max. All right. You ready for seven seconds or less, right? We're there? We are there, and it's your turn to put me under the pump this week, I think. It is. So we're going to talk about the first two questions about the trades we just did. So which player did we talk about the most in the all these trade talks? The one that gets you the most excited if you are on the side. For nostalgia purposes and, and the most, we can probably take it all the way back to free agency and things like that. You and I have been heavy on Tomas Sadaransky for a mm. long, long time, and it would... Uh, just fill me with a little bit of faith for this front office if they pulled off a move like that, uh, particularly versus some of the other bad moves we've just listed off. So uh, that would I'd, I'd feel good about that That's one. It's a great call. It's almost a better move just because that makes you feel about James Jones and even the player himself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, which player we talked about? Uh, we're going to exclude Derek Rose for all like the sad reasons. Which player we talked about would you least want on the Suns? Uh, Harrison Barnes, after bringing that up and, and you know, <laughs> having everyone probably live tweeting at me when they listen to this of what a bad idea that is. Um, but, yeah, let's go with that. I'm, I'm not moving away from that. Yeah, that's that's my answer. <laughs> oh, man, the whole four years you have to live with that label. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which player was the most ridiculous to make it to the All-Star game? You can say East or West. We're getting repositions, David. Which player in either conference was the most ridiculous player to be above Devin Booker in an All-Star game? I saw Nate Duncan tweet that uh, 
Sabonis is the worst NBA All-Star in some time, which I thought was extremely harsh from Nate Duncan. That was too harsh, too um, harsh. He hates him. I, I'm going to answer it this way. It's maybe not the, the best answer, but I was going to bring it up before in a conversation and we moved on to something else. I would have been really interested to see if Trey Young wasn't voted in mm. by the fan vote as a starter whether he would have made it over someone like Bradley Beal. So that's my answer, uh, just to get that thought out there into the ether. Max. That's a really good thought. I haven't seen that anywhere, but I think it's like a really uh, insightful. I Actually, when you say it that way, I don't think he would have been an all-star if the coaches were voting. No, I, I would have loved to have seen it as a bit of a sliding doors moment for sure. So I think the fan vote got him in and we missed a... Uh, uh, a, a longer conversation around that, I suppose. Yep, that would have been extremely interesting. Uh, he also, by the way, I think you probably saw Trey tweeted that he wanted Booker in. He was very mad about Booker not being in. Yep, there's a, I think Sam Cooper of the Timeline podcast you know, tweeted, there's a, a whole pretty good team of NBA players that have come out in the last 24 hours and defended Devin Booker that would probably make the playoffs in its own right. So uh, yeah, it Shout out to, to any of those guys that had the balls to call it like it is. And you can add the uh, best receiver in the NFL, Michael Thomas from the Saints, also tweeted that the Booker thing is ridiculous. So. Love it, love it. I don't know, apparently a bunch of players think he's good. I don't know, but I uh, hope you think we're good. Please rate, review, and subscribe. My name is MaxMCC11 on Twitter. He is the four-point play. David, anything else? Max, we got a review. Andreas. On January 27th, just a few days ago, said, I always try to save my podcast for when I'm driving, but I can never wait to listen to seven seconds or less. As always, thank you guys for your dedication, even through some pretty toxic times on Sun's Twitter. Keep up the great work, guys. I loved that review, and I'm glad that we could read out another one. Uh, And I'm excited for what the deadline might bring. So unless there's a big trade and that gets an emergency podcast out of it, we'll be back with a podcast next week. And and like I said, up to five games, depending on what day we decide to do the next recording. Max, we've got Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Detroit away. And then Houston, Houston, I should say, and Denver at home. Big week. How many wins can you see there? I can probably only see maximum two off the top of my head, Max. I think the last couple of weeks have said uh, really good numbers. So I'm going to go with five, David. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Great positive finish to the podcast. One more positive finish. Just want to say there was actually one more review of us. It was from another podcast. I just got to say the other podcast, just please stop talking about us. We don't care. Leave us alone. David, uh, that's it. Thank you. Thanks, Max.